Yo, what's up all you rant room heads? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, screenwriter, producer, director, and you are listening to the all-new, bigger and badder Hilliard Guest's screenwriter's rant room. That's right. You got to remember this. If the show doesn't say Hilliard Guest in front of it, then yo, (laughs) y'all listen to the old show on the old network. This is the new thing right here with me and my girl, Lisa Bolakaja. You know, where we continue to give you guys hell of an industry game, new format, new sponsors. But guess what, y'all? The same old raw shit. Now, with that, let me drop this theme song for y'all so y'all remember who y'all talking to. Because we got a hell of a show coming up. Y'all ready for it? Here we go. Hilliard Guesses, all new, screenwriters, rant room. Get ready, y'all. Everyone got one, what's your opinion? This is the rap room, tongues won't be bitten Ain't no rules, just spill it And anybody can get it, no limit We get to kill it, you tuning it to the thrillers And no, ain't no stopping Any topic, even the random I hope that you ready, we entering in the zone soon We on a grown shit, welcome to the rap room That's it, that's all I got to say Yeah, what's up y'all? Welcome to Hilliard Guess's all new screenwriters rant room. <laughs> we still, this is what we do. This is what we keep it street. We keep it opinionated and we keep it what? 100. That's what's up. We discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, you know, but our focus is mainly on screenwriting. You know what I mean? Give you guys some game about the industry, you know, from, from a viewpoint of people doing the shit real, real talk. So, um, let me introduce my girl, Lisa Bolakaja. Hello. We, hello. What we call you? We call her the street nerdist. Street nerdist. Where'd you get that from? Who's that? From Eric. Um, I'm sorry, Eric. Sorry, Enrique. It's Enrique Carrion. He has this wonderful, wonderful comic book series called mm-hmm. Vessel. If you like sci-fi, all kinds of crazy stuff, James Bond type of stuff, <laughs> Enrique, and he had this thing, and they called themselves street nerds, and I saw one of his baseball caps at the Astro Blackness Conference, <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, I love it, I love it, and so I kind of like stole from Enrique, so Enrique, thank you, boo-boo. That's what's up. So we had to give her, uh, we had to change it up a little bit to give her a little street nerdist. Yes. I think that's, I'm going to give you a shirt too, watch. I am. I'm gonna surprise you. <laughs> I'm gonna surprise you on that shit. So um that's what's up, y'all. And I am your host, Hilliard Guest, aka Hill Dog. That's what they call me. <laughs> no, that's what you call yourself. That's what they call me, damn it. <laughs> Since I was 14 when I was two years old. You know what I mean? So <laughs> You're so silly. So let's do it. Um if you grown, let's get it in. Mm-hmm. So check it, y'all. Today. I think the topic is going to be mm-hmm. diversity. Yes, yes. Sales, mm-hmm. right? Yes. We're gonna get it, and and, and um, one of the things we're gonna do a little differently on the show. Um, for those of you, a lot of our fans, you know, have been, you know, tuning in, giving us a lot of great feedback and stuff. And um, I am a big, big podcast head, as I know Lisa is too. And um, you ever? I said, let, let me let me put this out to the audience. I said, you ever listen to a podcast and wish you were there? I'm that dude. Mm-hmm. I'll be hearing a podcast going, damn, I wish I could have just sat in. And when they had their conversation. Exactly. You feel me? Exactly. So I'm like, we need our little segment where we have our baby writer seat. Mm-hmm. Where we could bring in young writers to come sit in, listen to us, pitch in if they want to, you know, join the conversation and see how we do it and get some game at the same time. Exactly. So we're going to put this out to you guys in the future. You know, some of you young baby writers who are here in L.A. or coming to L.A., you know, hit us up. ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, maybe you can come sit in with us. Mm-hmm. So today um, I've been working on this uh, this new show. And uh, um, the guy I brought in to be um, the the writer's assistant, my man, Cesar Marquez. Hi, how's it going? Hi, <laughs> He's trying to be all shy on I you. Know. Y'all have no idea. Okay, this bitch right here. Look, <laughs> I gotta tread the water a little bit before before I just get in it. You know? Uh huh. Put that so, baby toe in. <laughs> so my man Cesar Marquez is in the baby writer seat today. So he's going to be sitting in with us today on Screenwriters Rant Room. Hoo hoo hoo. AKA Beard on. 
Beyonce. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. yes. Say that one more again. I got love. A.K.A. Beardonce. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> see, see, audience, my man sees it be coming across like he's all conservative. But y'all need to see on his uh, Instagram, his name is called Beardonce. So that'll tell you a lot about my man right there. I'm bald-headed and got a beard, but I'll still flip my hair. I don't care. <laughs> I can still let my hair down. <laughs> oh, yeah. This bitch can dance, too, okay? Don't get it twisted, okay? Look. Yeah. Goodness. If you want to see a white boy who sometimes... Well, I'm not a white boy, but I always say, you know, people think that I'm a black woman trapped in a gay, white-looking Mexican's body. <laughs> Um, and then and then I look at them and I'm like, and you think you got problems. That's but like, funny. no, no, we yeah. smash binaries here. There are no binaries. Everything is, everything is fluid here. That's hilarious. We love it. But yeah, so my man Caesar was working with us this week. Um, being that we're talking about diversity, because exactly. we're, 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 we're currently writing a show. This mm-hmm. is a diverse show. And um, Caesar, I met Caesar um, what, two years ago. Maybe something like that. Um, it'll be two years in October. Yeah. Um, I directed this project and Caesar came in, you know, was working. He just floated around everywhere. And what I learned is, um, the, here's a cool thing to you young filmmakers and writers out there, is on the independent world, the cool thing about doing these smaller projects, well, we had like 20, 25 people on the set, um, it gives you a chance to float and allows you to experience different different, different um uh, departments, if you will. So I'm the type of dude, when you come work for me on my set, I'm like, well, what do you want to be? And you're like, oh, I want to do camera. I'm like, well, stick your ass over there with the camera. Exactly. Like, Don't be sitting at a craft service, you know. I want to see you doing what you want to do. You know what I mean? I'm going to serve so, these donuts, but I'm going to learn about the camera work. <laughs> you know, that'll here. do you no good. Yes. You know, so I want to put you where you're going to really grow. Right. You know, and Caesar. But it's also up to you to be assertive and just be like, if you see that there is a need for you to be exactly. somewhere else, then you got to swing the other way and be mm-hmm. able to help out. Exactly. Um, and that's kind of, I mean, I get that from my mom. She's always been very flexible and had to be changing her schedule and, mm-hmm. you know, always having to take the phone call. But at the end of the day, like you want to make the people that you're working with happy and Mm -hmm. you want to grow and you want to work with these people and keep working with these people. Exactly. Exactly. So my man, I brought my man in um, on on a couple other things, too, and, you know, helped him get some other little minor jobs and a couple of TV shows and shit. Yeah. um, Am I allowed to say? (laughs) um, Yeah. I mean, if it's out, you can say it. Yeah. I um, well, the the first um, like kind of big thing that I was able to PA for was for major crimes. And um, that was just like a trip because, you know, the I forget the actress's name, but she was in Dances with Wolves and she's mm-hmm. like the lead lady. So walking onto set and just seeing her, I was just kind of like, you know, just in awe because I used to watch that movie with my dad. Sure, and sure. just to see someone that I had seen growing up, it was like, man, like it felt like a start, you know. Mm-hmm. And from that, I just I knew that it was going to be up to me to meet people there. Mm-hmm. And just pursue it further. And from that one thing, it's just kind of been like a trail of breadcrumbs, but I've just exactly. been following it. Exactly. And it's, things are trying to pick up. Sure, sure. And yeah. see, and that's, and that's exactly why I, I thought he'd be the perfect candidate for our first baby writer seat, right? Because number one, um, we're on this TV show right now that we're working on. So he got to really experience this entire week, you know, being my, my writer's assistant in the room. And with, you know, it's just a few of us in the room. It's a small room. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he got to learn, you know, how we put shit on the board, you know, how we break down the script, you know what I mean? All that stuff. So he, he learned a lot. And I'm the type of dude, when I'm, right, when I'm the head writer on the room, I literally let everybody speak. You know, so it's not just about I said it's this way, you know, because some shit he said is on the board. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It made it to the script. <laughs> some people's names made it to the script that he threw out that I thought were great ideas. You know what I mean? And I'm just that type of dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, I thought he'd be the perfect candidate to bring in here and let you guys see these are, are going to be your opportunities to come sit in this chair and listen to Lisa and I get it in. So with that, let's get into diversity. I never realized how much and how important it was until um, when you join the Writers Guild, there are so many different um, things that go on with that, like when you're trying to get on a TV show, so that they started all these different diversity um, programs, you know, NBC, uh, ABC, Writers on the Verge, every single Disney, everybody has their program for diversity writers, and 
it's a great thing to get into to get you a stepping stone in. Now, that's a great thing. But what I learned, I almost kind of, in a way, kind of don't like it. You know, I'm like, if I'm writing my ass off, I should be making the same amount of money as you make. Mm-hmm. But their whole thing is, well, we did everything we can just to get you in a room. So we're going to give you $50,000, for instance, as a, which is pretty much what they pay you as a diverse writer. It might be a little bit more than that now. And um, I'm, whereas the other writers are making, let's just say, 80 or 90 you know, but you're a diverse writer. So Which, they're just trying to get you in the room. I get why they're trying to do it. And the studio's paying for it, not the production. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The showrunner, you know, it's not their responsibility to pay for you. The studio's going, you don't even have to pay for them. We got them, but we only pay them 50 grand. Mm-hmm. Now, get you in the guild, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all the, so there's lots of benefits to it. Right. But you have to now earn your space in that room because now you're the diverse writer that they brought in who didn't get in because they wrote this amazing script. They got in because they were in some program and, you know, um, the, the studios behind pushing them, you know, so it, it's kind of a catch 22 to me. So I kind of have a bad taste in my mouth with the word diversity, you know, mainly because of that. Were you about to say something? No, I just think it's ridiculous the way that, you know, the media portrays relationships mm-hmm. and just anything. It's like if you have a commercial for any cell phone, you're going to see a white person and then a racially ambiguous friend mm-hmm. where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, is she Asian? Is she black? Mm-hmm. Is she Mexican? Is she Indian? You don't know. And mm-hmm. that's why they have them in there. And sure. I'm not talking about like if if you are interracial, you know, and you are in film, good for you. I am I am happy for you because I'm sure that your parents had to struggle when they, mm-hmm. you know, when they started because of things changing, etc. But know that you are being used in certain ways because they're just using you because you look light skinned, because you look a certain way, Mm -hmm. just so that they can get a white, they can cast a wider net and still have that typical white everything, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just, it's sad because like you were saying, like when, um, when you were growing up, you know, it was a big deal. It was like, what was the closest thing to me when I was growing up? Because like I'm Mexican. So like Mm -hmm. we would be watching you know, the one about East L.A. where mm-hmm. he's, he's like born in East L.A. Mm-hmm. and he's trying to get over the border. And I was like, that's, that's what I have to amount to. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. eventually someone is going to think that they should just throw me over the border. I'm going to have to run back. Right. Like, you know, and it just it, it starts creating all these conflicts for you. Like sure. the, as you're growing up, because you're like you realize that you're not like these people that are supposed to be your role models and perfect and all mm-hmm. this, that stuff. And Actually, I enjoy the fact that I have culture, mm-hmm. you know, in my life. Mm-hmm. So, but see, I think I think that goes to influence. You know, we the television and film has such an influence on people. It has a global music impact. You know, exactly on on the way we view ourselves. You know, even though sometimes it's not an accurate view of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's so many different facets of each and every one of us. You know, you're Korea with all these different facets in yourself. You know, the way you look and the, you know, you got good hair. <laughs> you know, there's like so many good things. You know what I mean? I mean, it is a, as a funny way. Mm-hmm. But there's like so many different things about yourself that separate you or make you interesting or keep you diverse. Like Be- you know, if that's the case. That. Here's the thing about diversity. A lot mm-hmm. of times it's the new buzzword for colored folk. True that. All right. True that. But when you talk about true diversity, we're not just talking about skin color. Okay. okay? We're talking about economic background. Mm-hmm. People could not believe how successful the Roseanne Barr show when Roseanne show came oh, out. Yeah. Poor white Mm-hmm. Working class family. That was real. Most families that came on TV uh-huh. that were white, they were like modeled after the Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch, yeah, fucking yeah, middle yeah, class. Mm-hmm. Dad's got a job. Uh-huh. Mom either stays at home or if she does work, it's part time because she's always <laughs> home for the children. They go on vacations. True that, true that. Money's not an issue. You never see them talking about. Oh, we gonna have these light bills. Okay, when she came out with that it's show, true. they like never have. People were like, like some people, and here's the thing. People start white people started having respectability uh-huh. politics. All right. They were like, "How is she gonna come on here and make look? She's just making fun of white people. <laughs> like white people don't really like. There are a lot of white people who mm-hmm. live like those people. True, true. And what happens is we have these misconceptions. Just like when the Cosby Show first came out, mm-hmm. people lost their shit. Like there are no Negro people <laughs> living like that. They're they are not living like There's that. There are what you know. And there were people who were like they were having like conversation discourse. They had to have like wow. PhDs talk about yeah. Yes, there are black people who have high incomes who are cultured, <laughs> whose children talk about going to college. Mm-hmm. Like people had, but that was like everyday stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was new, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of class, mm-hmm. you know. And also we have to deal with gender now. 
True. Okay. We're dealing with a lot of issues, a lot more. Uh, uh, hey, let me, let me ask you a question. Okay. Let me ask you a question in regard to um, education, because mm-hmm. you're, you're an educator. Mm-hmm. I find the majority of people I meet, I'm not saying this is normal. You know, I'm a, I've been in California since I was seven years old. Mm-hmm. The majority of black people that I meet in particular who go to college or went to college seem to come from the East Coast or the South. That's what I've noticed in like a lot of people that I've known that I grew up with, college isn't their first thing they think about doing. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's more inbred on the East and the South to go to college? You know what? As black I, people, I, I what think, you, what you... I think the, here's the thing. The interesting thing about living in California, particularly mm-hmm. on the West Coast, it's so laid back. Okay. And we, California history, I'm just going to stick with California, what sure. I know best, is that it's such a fluid and different type of... It's like a country unto itself. Mm-hmm. When you have people who come from the East Coast and South, they're dealing with some real shit. Mm. People in the South, they like, you know, a couple <laughs> generations from... Like, literally, I know people who's like, just recent great-greats, uh-huh. slavery. Like, you know, uh-huh. it ain't like 100 years ago. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. We still got like tobacco stains and indigo <laughs> embedded in our skin. Like, is that real? Okay. And I'm not even talking about native peoples. True that. You know, yeah. when you go down on the res and stuff, like shit happened yesterday. Like mm-hmm. the Alamo is we, shit is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, Custer was like last week. <laughs> shit is happening. You know, stuff is happening right now. Like okay. it's like like the shit is real. California is mm-hmm. like La La Land, Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And growing up here, it was mm-hmm. interesting because I grew up with immigrants, uh, black Southern immigrants from mm-hmm. New Orleans from Mississippi, right. from that thing. That's a totally different breed of people. Okay. And it was shocking because my mother, she comes from the East Coast, mm-hmm. even though she's from the South. Mm-hmm. But it was like growing up, my mother was very strict in terms of my grammar. Mm. I was not allowed to have a nickname. Really? I was not allowed to say stupid, shut up. I wasn't allowed to point. That was mm-hmm. me too. I had oh my God, to me too. I couldn't yeah. say stupid, very, shut very up. Very, very respectable. Yeah, interesting. If I, you know, if I say y'all, my mother's like, you are not from Mississippi <laughs> or New Orleans. <laughs> Our ancestors uh-huh. were, but you are from California and I have taught you better. So uh-huh. I was really inbred with respectability politics, okay, okay. which is when I even meet these people from there, like they remember the civil rights, like their parents really marched. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course my mother has white privilege in terms of the lighter skin, I feel you. that kind of thing. Yeah. So her, you know, she was, it was really, um, really strange growing up because mm-hmm. I was attracted to those people mm-hmm. who most people would think, oh, the lower class people. <laughs> but to me, that's where the culture came from. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's where the fun that's, is. That's too. where all the fun is and all like the real shit, uh-huh. you know? And it was just like, it was just different. And it's like mm-hmm. people on the East Coast are very direct. Like every time I go back to New York, sure. I'm like, y'all some hard motherfuckers out here. <laughs> but you know, I'm just saying hi. Can't we all be nice? You, like, <laughs> you know, I'm, and of course it probably doesn't help that I'm wearing Birkenstocks and walking around with, <laughs> <Dreads>. you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, they got dreads well, back there, too. Dreads, yeah. But I'm just saying in terms of my Southern Valley girl yeah, 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 slang. Yeah. So it's, it's just different. Well, it's funny you say that it's different because I was talking with um, my girl Pam. By the way, um, I just have to give a special shout out. It should have it came at the beginning, but it's going to have to come right here to my girl um, Pamela Asme Andrew for um, you know sponsoring us to get our own show. So... Big shout out. Big shout out. Big shout out. Hey, big shout out. <laughs> but I was talking to my girl last night and she was telling me about, because we were talking about this TV show, and because um, it takes place in Brooklyn at this restaurant. And um, so she was giving me all these different things that happen in Brooklyn and like mm-hmm. what it's like to be in Brooklyn and blah, blah, blah. Because I'm trying to set up an, a, um, a time to go and, you know, see what this real restaurant looks like and mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> and she was giving me all this different feedback on people in Brooklyn and how the attitude is like so different, you know, and I was going, damn, that's like a, that's, that's going to make the show completely different, you know, than what I'm imagining. Mm -hmm. But it's just funny how you were talking about like the attitude and just the, the way that they view things are like, it's real. Shit is real on the Mm -hmm. East coast. Shit is real down South. Mm -hmm. California, like I said, California is the dream, the la la land. Mm -hmm. It's the the land of reinvention. True. It's the land of fakeness. (laughs) You know, it's the land. Well, I think LA, I think LA is the land of fakeness because everybody wants to be, because I'm from San Francisco. San Francisco is a totally different (laughs) planet. It's I like, love San it's Francisco. Like, there's California, and then there's San Francisco. There you go. <laughs> and I'm from, San, I'm from San Francisco, too, so I totally feel you on that. Yeah. Totally feel you and, on that. I mean, I just feel like, for me, like people from the Bay, they just keep it real with you. Mm-hmm. And that's just because I grew up on the other side, you know, what CNN considers urban San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up over there. Mm-hmm. I And I was telling Hillary yesterday, you know, I grew up 
And I went to high school walking down the hallway and I would see girls in their SpongeBob PJ bottoms with <laughs> hair picks in their hair, you know, getting getting their braids done or getting their cornrows done. Mm-hmm. I would see them in class, you know, mm-hmm. patting their head or getting a pencil and scratching it so that hair. And from that I got Good all my sass. Hair. You know, from from being there, I got all my sass. You know, mm-hmm. if someone wants to say something, then I'm just gonna talk to them how I saw these girls right. talking back to these guys. Right. And it's helped me a lot because mm-hmm. now I'm like, all right, I did come from there, but I'm going to aspire to do more mm-hmm. and I will get further. Right. So, definitely, right. definitely, right. definitely. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious about the word, you know, diversity and how it how it works in our industry because I think, and we, we won't go too much longer on this, but I was just thinking about how um, there are so many good examples of diverse casts, whether on TV or in film, that have succeeded. And they but do But yet well. we still keep having pretty much mostly Caucasian white films. But look at the, it but just amazes me. It does amaze me too, but I think what's going to happen is with the trend that's happening now, they're going to have to recognize that mm-hmm. people aren't watching shows where it's just the Mayo family. Yeah. You know, the Mayonnaise yeah. Brigade. I mean, we're talking about females too. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it's just, it's you can't have that anymore. Sure. Because I mean, it's, Orange it's, is the New Black. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Very good example. You Amazing. Know? Because we realize now that we want, it's not even, it's just we want something new and because... The, the media has been so inundated with the same homogenous image mm-hmm. that we have to really we get excited when we see something new, something exciting. Like with the Mindy Project, you know mm. that show is like, mm-hmm. you know, she's amazing. That's historical, right? You know, there. and yeah, it's exactly. like what and, mm-hmm. and, and what East Indian, like beautiful, and mm-hmm. she's like the star and the writer of the show, mm-hmm. and that's wonderful. Think mm-hmm. of all the girls. Oh, we were talking about you know the the eighties and the seventies. Mm-hmm. Like I wish that. My friend Lydia, who's my little Mexican friend when I was growing up, <laughs> my neighborhood was so diverse. We had everybody named Mama. Sure. When I went to high school, I was shocked because, you know, you get in advanced classes and there's no people of color. Mm. I was like, what is going on? Mm. But I remember we used to love going to school and we loved watching Wonder Woman. <laughs> I would have loved, I would have loved had we known that Linda Carter was half Mexican. She's Mexican and is Irish. Is she really? Wonder Woman is Mexican, y'all. Really? You need to understand she was Latina. Okay. All right. That's what's she up. Was. That's you know? <laughs> and, but here's the thing. Had we known that, uh-huh. had that been like a little tiny little spicy thing yes. they would have added to yes. her character. I mean, yeah. come on. Just, there are some Mexican Amazon yeah. women somewhere on this planet yeah. in South America. Yeah. How that would have like lifted up my friends. Absolutely. You know? But we identified her with her anyway, because mm-hmm. one, because she kinda looked like my mom. Mm-hmm. For Lydia, like, you know, the dark hair, mm-hmm. you know, Mexican. Mm-hmm. Like we used to come in our little Wonder Woman outfits when Underwoods <laughs> came out. We had all the underwood. Like we were uh-huh. like, but think about how much I think about how much now how we known. Mm-hmm. That she but, was Mexican. But at sure, the same time, yeah. the fact that she even existed helped you on the side of being a woman. Right. You know, because they had all these Because we had male, Superman. Yeah, we you had, had all the these Batman, males. Yeah. You know? she, was, she, was beating, she was whipping some ass with okay. some dudes, too. I mean, she, had the, I mean, she did have some punk-ass powers. Okay. Yeah. The lasso. The that, the, with the lasso, it makes you tell um, the truth. Who doesn't want an invisible jet? I mean, like, let's Hold on. Real. That invisible jet, that's some pimp shit, though. No, no, no. The pimp shit was that's her cape. Remember the cape? That cape? And she spinning around Wonder Woman. That was like the gay male we both put up our arms. We both put our arms. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Audience, I know y'all can't see this shit, but y'all should have seen. We's about to do the spin. These two both did the same pose like they was Wonder Woman. Okay, had they been on their feet, they would have spinned around. We would have been spinning, and the kick would have went like Shazam. But, but back That's to the whole hilarious. idea, like I said, the shows that are hot right now, we talked uh-huh. about this before, Scandal, mm-hmm. yeah. The Walking Dead, yeah. my show, Sleepy Hollow, I'm still mm-hmm. waiting for my DVD, God mm-hmm. damn it, for the first season. Mm-hmm. And... um. I mean, just Shonda Rhimes has yes. brought a lot of game, especially Absolutely. with Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and think about Captain America, mm-hmm. Winter Soldier, when they had mm-hmm. Anthony Mackie on there. True. You know, and mm-hmm. we were like, he could have his own movie. And the thing that was cool about it, it wasn't like, oh my God, here's the black guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was integral to the story. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. blackness was just a little extra, um, mm-hmm. something nice and tasty to have mm-hmm. on or there. Or it's like when Halle Berry was on the Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about random. True, like, true. um,. I don't think we were cave people. <laughs> no. no but, they threw, but they threw her in they there. They threw her in there. The same, At least know. they were trying. They I'll were trying. That. They were trying. That. But you know, you know, like I said, Thor, all those movies. So what's happening now is all the recent releases, you're going to notice there's going to be a lot more like the show community. Mm-hmm. Look at all the diversity on that oh my show. God. Did, did you guys ever watch Heroes? Because yeah, I felt like that show totally did a great job. That, my, that and um, 
the other one lost that everyone loves. That mm-hmm. you know that that was on the come up when they started to realize we can put other people. Have in you shows. have you guys watched Game of Thrones at all? Oh yes. of course. They have you know that that show is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean like yes they have a lot of white characters, but they make sure they represent you know they have a character who his. You know, at his core, his issue is the fact that he's overweight and he feels self-conscious, mm-hmm. but he's book smart, mm-hmm. you know, and then they have someone who is a little person mm-hmm. and who, to me, is one of the most amazing characters on mm-hmm. the show. It's my favorite. And, yeah. And the fact well, that he's they're, a lead. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that they're like that they're taking these risks, mm-hmm. you know, and putting someone like that at the forefront, like, I mean, just like. Just showing people like mm-hmm. you don't need to look a certain way. You don't need to be this cookie cutter mold mm-hmm. of a person to still get a great role and still be amazing in film. Because trust the me, opportunities are less, and people are hungry for that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, they are hungry. Like sometimes just on GP, general mm-hmm. principle. <laughs> if a movie is showing something like, they, and I'm like. That's probably not something I was going to go see. But you know what? <laughs> they got these new people, and I kind of like this actor. I'm well, you have go a, see it. you have an interesting thing that you have. She's always talking about what, what we were talking about the, um, um, a, a while ago. We were talking about how um, um, the 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 black actors or the diverse actors in England, in particular. Uh, like killing the American, and but you had a really good point about their faces. Look at how they look. Lupita. They have a certain realness in the way they look. Chiwetel, you know um, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, the, the boy from uh, Captain Phillips, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. him and uh, Lupita. Yeah, and they're just and Lupita. Gorgeous. Congratulations, boo! Gorgeous yeah. cover of People magazine. Yeah. Even though there's some haters out there coming at you talking about what's she doing on the cover of People and how do you get on the cover of People. Bitch, I don't shut understand. Up. Bitch, shut what up. Look, all you gotta do is put Lupita. Look, look. <laughs> She's look, probably the most look. beautiful she woman. She's the face for humility. That's what you Put up next to all them heifers yes. that were going around during Oscar time. Yeah. Like Lupita's left kneecap. <laughs> It's prettier without lotion on it. Uh-huh. Looks better than okay. half these without cocoa butter. Bitch. Without, without cocoa butter, without shea butter. Okay, without shea butter on exactly. it. Look better than half them heifers. Exactly. Put her kneecap in one That's of them right. dresses and let it go down to the Oscar thing and just blow them heifers away. She's just gorgeous. She is. She just has this and like regalness to her. She's, uh, she's and I consider her Mexican African. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. she was born in Mexico. She was born in Mexico. So Mexico, y'all better claim okay. her. Okay, her name is Okay, she was made in Mexico. She is fluent in okay. Yeah. She is fluent in Spanish. Y'all better claim her. Okay. You know, but it's like just on principle, just beauty itself. Because mm-hmm. diverse beauty is wonderful. Like mm-hmm. the on the Mindy project. Mm-hmm. That girl is phenomenal exactly. looking. You know what I mean? But five, six, seven, ten years ago, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have considered putting her on the show. Sure. You know? It was thanks to the office. They, you know, that really catapulted and her. And her success as a writer herself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because like, a, a lot of the mm-hmm. a lot of the jokes in the office that she had were hers. Yeah, you know, like a lot of them. I mean, a lot of the actually a lot of the actors would just improv certain mm-hmm. things or throw things out in the in the writers' room, and mm-hmm. she was one of the people that was really like. A, a big contributor, mm-hmm. especially for her own character, right? And you could see it. I mean, she started out as this person that you didn't really know what her deal was. Like, mm-hmm. if you go back to season one sure. and right. you see her, yeah, you don't right. know. They hadn't figured it out. They just knew they wanted to have an Indian person right. in the cast. Mm-hmm. You could tell that that's what the like Indian was the new black. Like, you know, <laughs> a couple years ago it was black people, mm-hmm. well, and then it was Asian people. Let's look at Parks and Rec. That's yeah. what I say. Sorry, yeah. you know. this is the new yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. all those shows, but mm-hmm. yeah. So I, you know. Diversity is an interesting thing. It's an important thing. But we have to consider also what I tell people. Diversity is not just color. It's, uh, you know, working class, Mm -hmm. poor, religious backgrounds. Gender. Gender, sexual orientation. uh, There are polyamorous people. Mm -hmm. There are so many different people out in the world Mm -hmm. that need to have these stories. Because Mm -hmm. people, like people, I'm going to be honest. There are people out there dying. Literally. (laughs) No, literally. In their spirit. And how they see themselves because they don't see themselves. True. You know? True. And if it takes, like, for example, Modern Family, mm-hmm. you know, even though, I mean, it's a comedy and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but the gay couple on there, mm-hmm. they normal. Mm-hmm. You know, ain't no big whoop, you mm-hmm. know? But 10, 15 years ago, oh my God, a yeah, gay person on the show. Yeah. But now it's like, you know, gayness is fabulous, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, but can we have a gay person of color on TV? I mean, like, True let's that. be real. I don't want every gay person to look like, a white WeHo Ken doll. I mean, like, that's just, it's yeah. not right. Like, well, we I have got, the one show, the one, um, oh, what is it called? Is it Sirens? The one where they're like uh, EMTs yeah, yeah, and yeah, it has yeah. the black guy on so, there who's yeah. gay. You know, yeah. so it's a start. 
Yeah, well, and well, true like, blood, for instance, for you know, instance, but for instance, well, Lafayette is just a total like yeah, Lafayette. But he's he's more androgynous though, which mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, oh my god. In the books, he was supposed to die really early oh, on. I know. But everyone was like, no. No. You better. Because he is. He's the best. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, he could look like a big old queen and put on the makeup, but he can still be hard and right. beat okay, your ass. Beat I got, I, your I, okay, ass. and those are the only two characters I like now, Lafayette mm-hmm. and Sam. Everybody okay. else, fuck them. <laughs> so, Trip, speaking of, speaking of this, so <clears throat> in this new pilot that we're working on, um, um, I knew I wanted to have a gay character. I, I, he was going to originally just be like an older white guy who's always sitting at the bar and blah, 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 blah. And actually, he pitched actually something really good to me because at first he's like, oh, and then he does this and he does this. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want him to be a queen. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, what if I think I wrote maybe he was like a bear type. Right. And he said, (laughs) I forget what you said. You said something about um, like, what if. What if, um, like, later on there's an episode where, where it's like a talent where show. there's like a talent show, and um, he comes out in full-on drag. He comes out in full-on <laughs> drag and does his like uh, bear onset. What do you call it? Beard onset. Beard onset, like type of thing. And we were on the floor, like rolling about it. And I was like, good. As long as he's like a normal dude, right? Who does that as opposed to being like this total typical queen? Because I always like to play with opposites, right? You know, it's something you think one person is, but they're actually not. Because people have you know? stereotypes. A lot exactly. of times they'll throw people in quote unquote diverse people mm-hmm. but they're they're representing these tropes that are just tired and dated sure you know but it's their way of saying well we got some people on mm-hmm. here so what are they complaining about it's like mm-hmm. yeah but you, they don't have their humanity <laughs> like you're not digging all that deep true you know mm-hmm. you're just basing on the surface basic mm-hmm. you're just some basic bitches that's what you are <laughs> you know yeah so I just wanted to get in a little bit about diversity but I do want to give you guys a little bit of game okay um, um, talking about the writers guild so I've mentioned this a few times, but I want to let you guys know there are a couple of ways for some of you young writers out there. Is that your important <laughs> to, voice? That was my that was my uh, my my <laughs> DJ voice at six thirty in the morning live. At <laughs> it was my ghetto version though. And, or um, like the advertisements in Spanish. <laughs> Esta noche en el jaripeo. You know, like all that. Yes. Like, Whoa! What, what is that? Exactly. I want that. Whatever exactly. it is. So trip. So there are ways for you young writers to work your way into the Writers Guild. All right. Now, like I said, I've talked about this before on other shows, but I'm going to give it to you guys again since we're talking about diversity. Now, one way is you write yourself a script, you submit it to the top five screenplay contests, and I'm going to give you those. We're talking about Sundance, Slamdance, Nichols Fellowship, Austin Film Festival. And I want to say like Scriptapalooza, maybe, Final Draft, like those five or six, right? If you place first, second, third position... It qualifies you to get into what we call the the International Writers Caucus, which is a, which is like kind of like the Producers Guild have like an associate, you know, membership. It's sort of like an associate membership thing. However, <clears throat> here's the interesting thing: I always tell young writers all the time. Um, once you get into the Writers Guild, nobody knows how you got into the Writers Guild. You don't have to tell anybody that oh, I'm a caucus member. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. You were just used to. You still got the same fucking card they have. It's like, bitch, you better Google me. Okay, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Because here's the IMDb interesting... that shit. Because okay. <laughs> here's the interesting thing. Now this is just game, guys. I'm just being real. And the a lot of you experienced writers who might hear this might not appreciate me telling these people, but it's just real. And here's the thing, is that um, you have to realize that if you get into the Writers Guild. If I don't know how you got in, my assumption is you probably sold something that never got shot. You probably, you know what I mean? You produced something that never got made. So there's so many different ways because we all know you probably are a rewrite. You did some rewrites. You did some assignments, but they never came to fruition. So there's so many different reasons for how you got in or why you're there. So what I'm trying to tell you guys is... Here's what you do. You submit your script. Let's just say, um, like, Nichols Fellowship is coming up May 1st. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to come out before May 1st, but y'all need to get in. Shout out to Greg Bill. Okay, look, because Lisa and I both were uh, in, like, a couple years ago. So, Tripp, submit to Nichols Fellowship. You make it to first, second, third. With that, first of all, the industry is going to come running to you 
by the way. <laughs> so get used to that. All of a sudden, your emails you're, you are going to be... And we said that before. Even if you just place in the quarterfinals absolutely. and the nickels, exactly. you're going to get some calls. Yeah. People are going to be looking for you. Yeah, well, let me explain how that works. Let me just get in a little bit. So what happens is when you get to the quarterfinals, semifinals, finalist uh, 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 stance, if you will, as soon as you get to that rung, all of a sudden... The list goes out to the industry. Now it's an email. It used to be a different way. Now it's an email. Boom. All of the, Now my company, I get them. You know what I mean? So a list goes out to all the industry, and immediately people, it's vetted at that, that particular uh, competition. Wow, these writers made it to this level. I got to read that script. Because it's they, like the blacklist. And it's like people need to be clear, too, with the nickels. Mm-hmm. It's academy people. Academy like people. Like, once you've gone through, like, the gatekeepers who mm-hmm. read and they pick the ones that are the highest ones, the rest of those scripts go to academy members. People exactly. who have made a living, mm-hmm. who've probably won Oscars, mm-hmm. that's who's reading these scripts. Sure. So but, it's been vetted, like yeah, you said. Yeah, like, my, my first script that I ever wrote, I think I only made it to the quarterfinals of nickels back in 2003 or five or something. And literally... I had Lionsgate, Paramount, all these big companies wanting to read that script. And it was only a quarterfinalist at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I eventually won some other shit later. But that, that very first script did that. So where I'm going with all this is that list goes out to this industry. It's not even about even trying to get into the Writers Guild. It is about letting you know that you need to be vetted in those type of things, those five or six. Because what's going to happen is, so let's, let's, let's just say you move up and get into first, second, or third position. Let's just say you get third, right? Now, you could take that. You go on to writersguild.org. You submit to the International Writers Caucus. This is a simple um, application. I think it's like a $100 fee. And in three weeks to a month, there is a big-ass envelope. I know this because I've talked to plenty of people who've done this. Mm. There's a big-ass envelope that comes to you. <laughs> and inside is your Writers Guild card. You can now start going to meetings. You can be part of the committees. You can do all of those really cool things. You can start applying to other jobs. Well, <laughs> you know, their hope is that you will still try not to do any non-union jobs, of course, and that you will still work your way to try to become a full-on dues member. You're not a full-on dues member, mm-hmm. right? That's the only thing I always, have to, I always have to tell everybody. However, you're part of the game. Right. And everybody else on the committee doesn't know that you're not, but that's fucking true, mm-hmm. right? Now, you're still in, so you had to do something that vetted you to get there. Exactly. You see what I mean? So you can use that to get yourself another agent, mm-hmm. to get yourself a manager, all those different things like that. So I encourage you young writers to submit to some of these competitions because a lot of people are going to, oh, I don't want to go to the competition. You know, who's reading it? All that other bullshit. These top five or six are the ones you want to do. You know what I mean? These are the vetted ones. These are the ones that have fucking Bender Spink and all these other big companies behind them and Circle of Confusion and all these other cool... I remember when those cats were first starting out. Exactly. And people didn't even take them seriously. Like, what? Mm -hmm. Okay, whatever. And now they're like... They're like old heads now. Exactly. You know, they're like, oh, okay, these guys are some serious people. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just another opportunity and another way for you to get into the industry. Mm-hmm. And you need to take advantage of it because not a lot of people are going to tell you this. Yep. And since we're talking about getting into the industry, I got to give a couple little congratulations to two people that we know. Uh, first one is my girl, Angela Allen, who I was in the uh, Cosby Fellowship with back in 2007. We had a big writer's. Uh, group for a couple years <laughs> and um, everybody knows I'm Mr. Strict in the room that's just who I am <laughs> and uh, but you know what I mean she she worked on that script and worked on that script and she got into the Fox program and um, got got herself a fucking agent and the agents got her out she got on a TV show I think she was on crisis or something last mm-hmm. year and um, she just got staffed on Sleepy Hollow Nice. Now, I know Lisa's like, <gasps> oh my goodness. I'm about to fall. On okay. The floor. So she's going to come on the show. I'm about to fall. She's going to come floor. on the show. Yeah. And that is my show. I know. And she's going to bring <laughs> uh, another writer with her whenever she comes. She said, hopefully, hopefully maybe like in May, mm-hmm. once they really hear, because she just started this week. Mm-hmm. Um, then the other girl, that's my girl, Akiba. We all know Akiba mm-hmm. Davis. That's my girl. Yeah, Akiba. Um, and Akiba, uh, we know Akiba from uh, Organization of Black Screenwriters. Shout out to you guys. Mm-hmm. And um, she just got staffed on, she was in the CBS program, I believe, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and she got in a big agent and stuff, and they got her staffed on um, um, Hawaii Five-0. Shut up. Yeah. 
Hawaii Five-O? Shut up. Yeah. Go ahead, Akiba. Okay, congrats. And you know, it's funny because when you see our, our, these, these young writers that come up, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's like you just tell them, just do the work. Mm-hmm. Just do the work. Mm-hmm. Invest in yourself. You know, mm-hmm. study the craft. And she did all those things. So, you know, wonderful. I'm just so happy to hear that about yeah, you. It's, it's, it a trip. it's a trip, too, because I'm the type of dude, and I know you are, Lisa, too. When I hear good news from people that I've worked with or, or, or helped in any kind of way or was just even a part of guiding them in some way, I feel like I fucking made it. Oh, too. I know. I was, like, almost bawling. And mm-hmm. both of them came, like, a day after each other. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's just so exciting <laughs> yeah. to see some success from someone that you know. Because mm-hmm. it also, I mean, for me, whenever I see that happening, I just feel like this. these are the circles I'm running in. Mm-hmm. And one day, that might be me. Absolutely. You know, like, I, it's just about getting the foot in the door. I mean, I was telling Hillary yesterday... I had an interview um, with a reality TV production company and because I, I want to learn as much as possible mm-hmm. through camera. And, you know, word of advice for anyone trying to learn how to do camera. This is from me talking to other PAs. It, it, reality you know, is a very smart move reality to do. It helps you move great, up faster. Yes, reality is a great place to start. Um, if you have a few PA days on something else, pursue reality TV because like Hilliard said about being on a smaller set, you know, if... If you're on a if you're on a reality TV set, you know the crew's smaller, so yeah. you know it, it's a lot easier. Four six people, maybe. I mean, <laughs> really, <laughs> depending on the show, yeah. it could be really tiny. Yeah, so so you'll have the opportunity to just prove yourself and learn a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So I um I had a meeting yesterday, and they've agreed to put me into their production assistant rotation. Yay. Yeah. And yeah, and it just it just felt like a huge weight was lifted mm-hmm. off of mm-hmm. my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And um, believe it or not, I got that meeting because of my uncle, who is a gardener <laughs> for <laughs> the uh, the president of the company. Wow. And but I mean, the reason I got it was because I had my resume mm-hmm. full of those big universal, you know, and mm-hmm. TNT mm-hmm. and Disney projects that I was able to day play on, you know, day playing is when you go in just for one or two days onto a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then it, that's all you need, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to put it on your resume. Right. I, I worked on this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. And, um, she noticed that I had been working recently and that all the projects that I had worked on were within the last year. And she was excited about working with me, and it just it totally blew my mind. And it, it to me, it felt like oh my god, I just won an Oscar because it was just it yes. just felt like it was finally putting that foot in the door. And I don't know. But I'm so excited. you've been you've been working. He's been working his butt off the last couple of yeah. years that I've known you. You know, what I mean, every time people call me about you know, hey, you know, any PAs or assistants or whatever, he's like the first person I call. The first person I call. And so I always say yes. He I'm always available. says yes. He's always available. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't have to tell him anything. You know, I always tell every everybody um, the best assistant or PA or anybody you get is is if I drop something, they pick it up. And that is him. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the hundreds, you see him on the set and he knows how to do some of everything. Mm-hmm. He could do slate. He could do uh, script soup. He could do lighting. He could do grip. I mean, like it doesn't AD. matter. You know what I mean? He could do <laughs> everything. services. You know, anybody, it don't matter where you put them. Right. So that's just really important. So anyway, so I just want to give a little shout out to them. Nice. And, you know, and since we got you here, shout out to you, Susan. Oh, thank Congrats, you so much. Man. <laughs> so let's get into Lisa's world famous mm-hmm. clap back, y'all. So since we were talking about diversity today... And um, I know some of y'all might have seen this article, but um, uh, my clapback today, and for mm-hmm. those of you who are, are new to the show, the clapback is basically when something happens in Hollywood <laughs> or anything uh-huh. that I think has to do anything that was interesting or <laughs> pertains to, you know, global media, that type of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, the clapback is basically my way of saying, hey, boo-boo, I need to talk to you for a second. Can I holler at you let for a minute? Let me holler at you. Can, you. Can you step outside for a moment? I need Can to I talk to you. Can I have your number? Go grab that so, switch for me right quick. Let me get that. So, as you know, the movie Noah came out. Uh-huh. And uh, the uh, screenwriter, one of the screenwriters of the Ari Handel, mm-hmm. all right, had made this comment. Uh-oh. Because someone had asked the question. It was a decent question. Like, okay, so, you know, we know the story of biblical Noah and the flood <laughs> and how it killed everybody in the, in the globe, mm-hmm. you know, according to this particular folk tradition True and that. this particular people. And uh, so if uh, Noah and his, his, his progeny, <laughs> progeny. <laughs> repopulated the world, uh, 
uh, kind of like where do black people come from and everybody else uh-huh. uh, you know basically uh-huh. like why basically why are you know what is diversity to you mm-hmm. and I want to read to you uh, a you know comment. what I, I have to interrupt you really quick <laughs> I don't know who I heard but I heard somebody say if we if we came from apes how come we smarter than it? It was something, some joke. I thought it was fucking hilarious. It was something to that nature. Well, here, let me. I let thought me, it was let, something. Let, go let ahead, me, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so someone had asked him about, you know, the question was, someone had asked them was, why were there's plenty of diversity with the animals, but none mm. when it came to the people in the movie? Okay. And this is what he said, and I quote, from the beginning, now, so I can tell you again, it's Ari Handel, okay? So he said, from the beginning... We were concerned about casting the issue of race. What we realize is that this story is functioning at the level of myth. And as a mythical story, the race of the individuals doesn't matter. They're supposed to be stand-ins for all people. Either you end up with a Benetton ad or the crew of the Starship Enterprise. You either try to put something in there which just calls attention to it. Or you just say, let's make that not a factor because we're trying to deal with every man. <laughs> Looking at the story through that kind of lens is the same as saying, would the ark float and is it big enough to get all the species in there? That's irrelevant to the questions because the questions are operating on a different plane than that. They're operating on the mythical plane. All right, look, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's just going to get real. And I'm just saying because this... Um, that was saying a lot. Right. I'm going to tell you. Now, here's the thing. I started having a conversation um, with one of the people I follow mm-hmm. on Film Fatale. Film Fatale um, is a sister that talks about film and all kinds of stuff, and she's mm-hmm. out in New York. So we started tweeting back and forth. Mm-hmm. And Complex Magazine snatched one of the tweets that you know me and her and a couple other people were oh, having. that's what's up. So my tweet is in there. So if you look under Complex Magazine and you mm-hmm. look for the thing, it says addresses... Ari Handel addresses the reason for an all-white cast to represent stand-ins for all people. Mm-hmm. Um, the article was written by Diane Cho at a complex mag, uh, complex.com. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you'll see uh, me and a couple of writers, and we actually have, we're talking to the people at Noah Movie. You know, yeah. So this was said, right? So my clapback, Ari, is the fact is this. Now, Hillier, you know one of the first episodes we did mm-hmm. a couple of months back, mm-hmm. and you said there was something very controversial that I, controversial that uh-huh. I had said, and mm-hmm. I had said that Hollywood does not see black people as human beings. True that. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I remember we, we kind of got a little, not heated, but we got a little discussion about it a couple weeks Absolutely. ago, where you said, I kept saying to you, that's not a controversial statement. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yes, it is, Lisa. You don't realize it. Okay, well, explain. Explain. Get it. It's only controversial to white people who are uh, not used to someone talking to them directly true that. about race, racism, class, representation, and diversity okay. in Hollywood. Okay. So clearly, me saying that, mm-hmm. it's one thing when a black Creole female, when a mm-hmm. black female, someone who like me, who is mm-hmm. black on purpose 24-7, <laughs> okay? This is all day, every day, okay? <laughs> so when I say it, it kind of sounds like, oh my gosh. But here I have proof hmm. from someone who's telling you mm-hmm. that white people represent all people and they are the best representation of humanity not only that he is Uh saying that only white people Mm -hmm. are capable of being mythic people on a mythical scale well it's funny though because when you said that about um um it kind of doesn't matter because it's a myth or whatever and i was like well why does he have to be a white dude that that was like my initial thought though and that's everybody's thought if we're talking about and and people get get discombobulated Mm -hmm. over this it's one thing when you're dealing with a true factual person true like you are not going to do and, mm-hmm. and god rest his soul um mm-hmm. hurricane carter that just passed away mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. you are not going to put mark Wahlberg <laughs> to play the hurricane true. in a movie <laughs> when it's based on real life true stuff mm-hmm. you know but when it's something is based on myth and i know a lot of christians and a lot of jews mm-hmm. have this as part of their faith but what true. they have to realize is that there are seven fucking billion people on this planet <laughs> and also jesus wasn't white okay Bam. okay you know if anything you heard it here motherfucker if heard anything it here. he looked like some of my cousins down in new orleans okay pookie and them all right uh, uh, and them. <laughs> so my, my my point is that you know what you 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 have to realize that there are other people in the world mm-hmm. But when you are running Hollywood, when you are greenlighting everything, mm-hmm. when you have say on what the global population, and mm-hmm. let me tell you, not everybody in the world is reading books. Mm-hmm. Not everybody in the world is getting nuanced understandings sure. of culture and people. When people put movies out there, especially from America, which mm-hmm. is a juggernaut, sure. and we control all imagery pretty much everywhere, True. Mm-hmm. you know, when you say <laughs> shit like that, okay, mm-hmm. that only white people can represent humanity, 
you asking for a bitch lap. That's what you're asking for. But not only that, it just shows you, and it just proves my point, when you cannot see other people outside of yourself. And I've said this a lot, all the time, Hilliard. Everybody I know, my Mexican friends, mm-hmm. my native peeps, mm-hmm. you know, my Asian friends, you know, my black people who don't like being black. <laughs> we will go see There movies. ain't no black people who don't yeah, like being there black. There are some, please. <laughs> I can name you some names. Point you to some Twitter handles. But, but you know what? We will watch any damn thing as long as the story is good. Anything. Because we can see humanity in everybody. Absolutely. But a lot of people can't. And like I said, they're, they're behind the times. Mm-hmm. And when someone like that, who's making a big budget movie mm-hmm. that's going out globally, mm-hmm. and he's saying that, and he is saying that to you, oh, we just, we just think that, are you fucking kidding me? The <laughs> Star, Star Trek? Mm-hmm. That is the shit that broke the mold. True. How many TV shows, how many movies have been made because people identified with that mm-hmm. international, the world, mm-hmm. that kind of... That's the hope of the future. True. I, I, I want to go and live in a world, people. <laughs> Cue the violin music. I want to live in a world where I would be judged I'll the content of my character. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we're getting on the topic of All films of a, that got snubbed this year. <laughs> All of a sudden, Lisa grew a beard. She's wearing wool. I'm up on the mountain. I might not make it there with you. <laughs> but one day, there's okay. going to be a time where we go see a movie and it's like, you know what? Your color, your race, that's in and in. It's a nice little extra to have mm-hmm. in there. But it's like, hey, we got this movie and we're going to talk about something. Let's see who the best people are. And if mm-hmm. they happen to be somebody who's disabled mm-hmm. or gay or transgendered mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. and they knock that shit out the box park, mm-hmm. you know what? We're going to hire them. <laughs> that day, sadly, is not here. <laughs> and it's going to be some time. Sure. But when I see someone like him, Ari, mm-hmm. when you say shit like that, and I know he got some blowback, and a lot of people got some hurt feelings, mm-hmm. that tells you everything you need to know about Hollywood. Because there's What's only it? a small percentage of writers, that big A-list writers, that mm-hmm. can get stuff done. And if he's saying that as mm-hmm. a screenwriter, yeah. what the fuck do you think the directors and producers are thinking? Let me ask you this. Has, the, has there been a little outpour of people complaining about oh, this? Oh, you can go in there and see some of the reactions that okay. people are saying. Like, are I've you seen me? it, but I didn't read it. The thing so. is, what people don't realize is that your act, your what you say, is going to trickle a butterfly effect, you mm-hmm. know. And what you say, you're going to be held accountable for. Mm-hmm. But you're also influencing a lot of people because, like you said, you know, we got wide distribution of every Hollywood film throughout the world. True, mm-hmm. you know, no other. No other film system does that. You know, like we get a few French movies here right. and there. We get right. a little bit of everywhere. But like it's just a butterfly effect. There was um the the Amazing Spider-Man 2. They were, they were doing an interview recently. I don't mm-hmm. know if you heard about this. And Emma Stone's boyfriend in real life plays her on-screen boyfriend in the movie. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, the this little boy asked him, "Oh, how did Spider-Man get his costume?" You know, and he said, oh, you know, well, he sewed it himself. You know, it's it's a very feminine thing to, you know, like to sew, but he was still able to make this awesome costume. Mm-hmm. And Emma Stone is his girlfriend, but she can pick up on that sexist, you mm-hmm. know, moment right away. And she goes, how is it feminine? Hmm. They are in a panel. Jamie Foxx is sitting there, right. you know, yeah, like it's funny. everyone right. from the. And she's like, how is it feminine? And he has to like kind of backtrack (laughs) and then he says the right thing and says you know sometimes men carry themselves with a bit of femininity and it's okay you know but like at the end of it Mm. his his remark was not basically what emma stone did is that going forward if anyone were to see that we can tell that no that was wrong right you shouldn't have said that that way right but him recognizing it shows even more growth and shows other people that right. you can change your yeah, mind. And you sure. can have a you wrong, cannot you be can a bigot. You can have a wrong thought and believe something and then change your mind. That's why I always tell people Malcolm X is one of my favorite heroes because mm-hmm. here's somebody who went through like he was transforming and changing all the time. Sure. And every, I mean, even before he was killed, 
his whole thought process was going to go to a whole different level. So you can change your idea. So I can still like you if you're a bigot or you say some really <laughs> fucked up shit if you change it and recognize it and move on and become a better person. But if you stuck on like that Clive Bundon dude, you know, saying mm. cracker ass stuff, talking about slaves should have been slaves, <laughs> cracker ass, cracker. you know, and you're not going to change, then you know what? Uh, you need to die. <laughs> All right, all right. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. We we could talk about that again another mm-hmm. time because there's there's a lot in that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can see that. Yeah. There's a lot of different layers. Mm-hmm. And and I got a feeling you ain't done with this one yet. But thank you, Ari, for just proving my point. <laughs> you know, because you know sometimes black people we say stuff, mm-hmm. and then people are like, "That's not true." Y'all just y'all always got to bring the race car. Y'all got everything got to be racial. True. Everything got to be this. True. And then when uh, Boo Boo says it. Mm-hmm. All I can do is give you some side eye, like you know what? Checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not to, that's not to say that people don't victimize themselves too, though. Right. You sure. know, it's like it's like there's a little bit of everything in mm-hmm. each, and we can't just like generalize. But the reality of the situation is is that there's still a lot of people that do fit sure. what we're talking sure. about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to move ahead. We're going to keep it moving. So I thought moving. today for you two, I mm-hmm. thought this would be a real treat. Uh, this is something <laughs> I read. This came out on April, April Fool's Day, actually. And everybody gather around. Gather around, around, everybody. <laughs> so uh, a nice shout out to Neil Turritz from Studio Systems News. Mm-hmm. And I saw this and I thought this would be fun. And what mm-hmm. he did was he took a bunch of log lines okay. and he made a little game out of it. And he's mm-hmm. like, which ones can you read and read them and know if they are true Real ones that are actually in production uh, or fake ones that they made up. Oh, so I thought I'd give you two of them. Uh, uh, I'm going to read you a really quick log line. Uh-huh. You think about it, and then both of you tell me whether or not you think this something is totally made up or this is actually something that's going to So is it true production. or false? Yes, it's true or false. Okay. Like true as in yes, it's uh-huh. actually going to production right now. Uh-huh. False as no, they just made this shit up. Okay, cool. All right, Scott, you ready? Uh-huh. <clears throat> Here's the first one. A secret government operation using human experimentation turns a homeless man into a superhero, erasing his memory in the process. They must then deal with the consequences when he ultimately learns what they did to him. Hmm. Almost sounds the like... The title of it is called Hero. I was going to say, it sounds like Hancock a little bit, but... Uh, the title is Hero? The title of this, this project is called Hero. Once I, again, a, a secret government operation using human experimentation turns a homeless man into a superhero. Okay. I'm going to say false because of just because of the title of okay. the movie. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say true, um, just because Hancock worked and he was you know that superhero who kind of went bad or whatever and got all drunk. It just Hollywood is known for taking something and going, ooh, what if we? That's just my thought. I, is I would it a say working true. title or is it the title? <laughs> We're gonna say that these are the actual titles. Okay. 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 Uh, this is actually made up. Okay. okay. It's fake. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yay! One for you. Good. One for being on set. All right. <laughs> okay. Here's one. <clears throat> this one is called Talon. T A L O N. You know, like a talon. Okay. Right. okay. Like a claw. Like a claw. Mm-hmm. You know, what eagles and eagles, things have. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Dragons who disguise themselves as humans are out to rule the world, and the Order of St. George is out to kill them. So when a female dragon and a slayer get involved, there are consequences. True. Yeah, that definitely sounds true to me. It is true. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you, out of both of them, mm-hmm. if you were the producer and someone mm-hmm. pitched this to you, mm-hmm. which one would you want to produce? Or which one would be even interesting, Say, even to make you say, hey, let me see the script? I mean... Because I'm not a big dragon dude, I'd want to read the other one. You should just stab yourself right now. <laughs> can we Can we please get away from all these stupid fucking superhero movies? No, I'm fucking over no, it. Because, because I love Captain America. Yes, me too. I love Spider-Man. I love Batman. But can we give it a rest? Can we just like put them on the shelf for a, a few years? But isn't it the same thing with all these dragons and Games of Thrones and all these other things? I'm not, no, I, like, sh- I like Games no. of Thrones. Forgive me. Forgive me from that. I'm just saying with all the dragon stuff and the Lord of the Rings, it's like... And nothing looks real. Hilliard, how many that fucking how Hobbit, many comic was book so movies? Corny. How many comic book movies were there fifteen years ago? And if you just count how many have been made in the last fifteen well, years. Well, we didn't have the technology fifteen years ago to do what we're doing. No, today. they still made 
made Superman yeah. with well, that technology. Tried. Yeah, they tried, yeah. and you know there were some the very original one was scary consequences. And I, and I am still part of the the bitter bitch brigade. The, the <laughs> The Bitter Bitch Brigade in San Diego because uh-huh. with Comic-Con, uh-huh. I can't even go see, like, true artistes because <laughs> Hollywood is stampeding over my back and mm-hmm. I can't even move around, haul H, and do anything because Hollywood is there trying to uh-huh. scoop up the next hot thing. Now, so I, I feel what you're saying in terms of there's just too many of them. I mean, I love Spider-Man. Don't I get me wrong. Think, I'll go see it. But mm-hmm. it's That's, just like... They're cool, but I just want to see something new. Yes, like, can we just come out with like an original? Did, Beasts of the Southern Wild. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. did, did you see did how not. beautiful? But I, the little girl's beautiful though. Oh, oh no! But that whole movie—it'll. There are things that are super surreal about it, but mm-hmm. it just touches you. And the thing that I like about surreal film, you know, or moments that are surreal, like in um, I watched Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. Oh like my somewhere. god! I'm going to see that. This okay, weekend. you need to. But there are just these like surreal moments, and those moments touch each one of us differently mm-hmm. you know these visual that's what really interests me you mm-hmm. know the visual components that go into a film right. you know i could see a whole film without any dialogue as long as i'm getting a visual journey you know something that is tugging at me right. from somewhere something right. that i'm interpreting in my own emotional way right. it really affects me so like movies movies like that it's just like i like like beast of the southern wild because there are all these like f- small surreal moments that really make you reflect on your own life. And I feel like film is such a powerful tool mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to, you know, present progress in a certain way, to present how the future could be. Mm-hmm. And we're not taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. We're not taking advantage of the fact that you can show a relationship between maybe someone who used to be a prostitute mm-hmm. or, you know, some, you know, real moments, real people mm-hmm. and showing that, like when you watch uh, monster with um, Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is a gorgeous woman, and yes, she got fat for the role and all mm-hmm. that. But it just like it tugs at you because you feel the yeah. authenticity of the sure. character. Boys don't cry. Right. Mm-hmm. Transamerica. You like, feel that pain, yes. and you feel like, oh my god, there are actually real people who, even though this might be a made up piece, there are people out there who are like that, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. humanizes them. Well, I think I think that the the greatest example of that is that um, um, what's that Dallas Buyers Club. <clears throat> they brought in uh, what's his name to play the the trans trans role, mm-hmm. and and that's not even a real character, but they made it up because they were like, who's the best polar opposite to McConaughey's character? Mm-hmm. And of course, they got a lot of slack about it because of the type of char- tranny that he was, if you will. Well, and but, because they wanted someone real, a real mm-hmm. transgender person to mm-hmm. play that role, which goes back to you know opening up opportunities because mm-hmm. there are plenty of transgender actors. Yeah, and there ways. there are plenty of actors who have down syndrome mm-hmm. there are there are people who are pursuing a career in film mm-hmm. with down syndrome who can't catch a break because they have a pretty actress pretending to, to be, have down i mean like i love the other sister don't get me wrong but like <laughs> still like you can you can still work around it mm-hmm. like if you have the heart and you have the passion for it you're gonna work around mm-hmm. i mean if you watch uh, coven mm-hmm. the american horror story they mm-hmm. have it's just I, you know you can tell that she she has um she has a disability mm-hmm. but and and they've used her on other other seasons mm-hmm. too of the show and i think that's a oh the great daughter performer. yeah i saw yeah. the first season they, yeah. they do it on right. glee as right. well you right. know they have certain certain people with certain disabilities and i think that's great to show that mm-hmm. you know if you have someone in a wheelchair give it to an actor who is really in a wheelchair mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. There was um there was a a, a lady with Parkinson's mm-hmm. I, or it, Parkinson's is one you don't really have uh, or, yeah you've brought your nerves and you yeah yeah control and she um you know she was talking about how you know that when she, she was devastated when she was you know in school and trying to be in theater and there was a role for a person who had Parkinson's so she was like this is it this, this is, is my, my big break <laughs> and they told her. Well, no, I don't. I don't think that. Well, we just thought that you might not be able to do all the stunts. And she said, "If I can't do all the stunts, <laughs> then the actors and the character cannot brilliant. do all the stunts." That's brilliant. Love she, that. I can't remember her name for the life of me, but if if you can find that moment, I almost said it like word for word the way that she says it. Look her up because she is just such a beautiful human being, okay. and she will just make you laugh for 15 mm-hmm. minutes. I think it was a TED Talks, actually, mm-hmm. that she was, she was on. Mm-hmm. That's was a good hilarious. one. That's a good one. Well, look, on that note, we want to thank y'all for this <laughs> cool-ass, very first Hilliard Guesses Screenwriters Rant thank Room. Thank you for having yeah. me. All new network, 
all new podcast. Still got my girl Lisa B, of course. Moving on up, moving on up to the east side. Moving on up. Oh my God, we better oh, we stop. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Caesar started party. dancing. Caesar, Caesar started voguing for us and shit. Y'all missed it. Harlem Shake, Harlem Shake. I could, I could do the Shakira uh, chest pop too, Uh-oh. or any kind of Beyonce movement. You know? oh boy, oh Run boy. the world, yes. So, little C's. So where can they find you at? Where you at on Twitter? And um, stuff? On Twitter and on Instagram, you can find me under Beardonce, which is basically Beard <laughs> Once. Um, and yeah, hilarious. look for me. I'm hilarious, and I got a gorgeous face and a cute beard. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm super modest about it, which is like my best attribute, I think. His beard game is on. Point. What about you, Lisa? Be where hey, they? I'm on Twitter. Oh, also, uh, just you know what? Just find me on Twitter. Okay. You know, uh, on Twitter. What's up with your blog, girl? Uh, if you look me up on Twitter, my blog page is on there, and I'm going to okay. get to work on that. Okay. Because uh, I have a lot of stuff I got to start posting up. Okay. But I do want to say the shout out just for myself sure. and other people. Uh, the book that I'm in, Long Hit. Hidden speculative fiction from the margins of history. Mm-hmm. The book comes out May 9th. Wow. We've good. been getting really great positive reviews. You so need to promote that every week. Every week, we yes, yes. The so. name of my story is May Do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the book, once again, is called Long Hidden Speculative Fiction from the Margins of History. Mm-hmm. It will be available May 9th. Some fantastic writers are in there, fantastic artwork. I will be at WISCON, uh, the Science Fiction Feminist um, Convention, next month, and I'm mm-hmm. going to be on two panels. I'm doing a reading, and I'm on the panel for Long Hidden. So cool, cool. check it out. If you like sci-fi, horror, fantasy, dealing with people who have been pushed to the margins, this is the book for you because mm-hmm. we are coming. If you want to talk about some real diversity, mm-hmm. we coming, coming, <laughs> coming at ya. We are uh, coming. And so also, since we're talking about books, go get Getting It Right, an insider's guide um, to a screenwriting career by um, career coach Lee Jessup. Get hey, that Lee one. Jessup. Yeah, she's yeah. coming on the show soon. So, and I am the host, Hilliard Guest. You can find me on Twitter. Um, and you guys can also find us at ScreenwritersRR on Twitter. <laughs> I like Twitter. It. On Twitter. On Twitter. And um, you can, if you guys, uh, like I said, if anybody else wants to come in, you see how we worked out. Caesar, thank you for being our very first uh, baby rider seat. That was fun. Have me back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but any, any of you uh, young baby riders want to come and hang out with us, hit us up at um, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. If you guys have any questions, stuff like that. And uh, we will get back to you guys um, next week and hit it up for y'all. So thank y'all for being here. And what do we say to everybody? Have a great one. Ciao. Peace. Bye. Yeah, man, I got something to get off my chest. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the ramp room. Tons won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. Any topic. Even the random. It's random. I hope that you're ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the ramp room. That's it. That's all I got to say.